The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. To the Barca Blogger on this podcast. My name is Josh. Hope you all had a wonderful week. Hope you've been enjoying the first 10 or so days under Barcelona's new manager. Um, we're coming on the back of Barcelona's 2-1 win over Ibiza in the Copa del Rey. This was uh, this was a bit of an interesting match, particularly in so much as you know Barcelona didn't put out their best lineup. Um, the you know the offensive lineup kind of just relied on Griezmann and Ansu to do much of the uh to do a lot of the legwork and then the midfield was a bit more full with uh, Rakitic and De Jong finishing it out so there's a few things to take away from this match in my opinion so this was a pretty horrible start right they went behind in nine minutes and immediately things just kind of started going in the direction that um that if you're a Barcelona fan you were a little worried they were going to go in wherein Barcelona had all the possession and nothing really nothing really went forward offensively. So I think they had like 70% or something like that of the of the possession. Um, let me verify that. Yes, yeah, 72% of the possession and only had three shots on target. I think they waited till like the 65th minute before they actually had their first shot on target. And then after that, you know, you have someone like Antoine Griezmann who comes through and puts in goals in the 72nd and 94th minute to rescue the match for Barcelona. Um, Barcelona's lack of a cutting edge uh, is is a bit interesting. Um, Jill talked about that and the the three things to look for from the from the match itself. But I think one of the things I find most interesting about Barcelona only you know only ten matches or excuse me about ten days in under their new manager's team is I think the the switch to a the switch of styles from Ernesto Valverde to Satin is going to take time, obviously, right? Especially given the lack of Luis Suarez up front, and we're going to talk a bit about the the striker search later in the podcast. But I think the transition from a more conservative, okay to not have all the possession style back to a possession style Barcelona will take time. And I think you see the Barcelona players getting used to having something like 72% possession. And the thing that's concerning is even in a match wherein they have 72% of the possession, they only get three shots. And you don't want to make you don't want to make too big of a deal of shots on target in a Copa del Rey match with a less than stellar um, a less than stellar starting cast, right? But you look at their win over Granada, wherein they only had six shots on target and eighty three percent of the possession. Like the Granada match was just wild to me. Um, 
you have to wait till Granada gets a red card in the 69th minute before Messi can put away his goal in the 76th minute, excuse me. But the possession in that game was even more wild. Barcelona had 83% of the possession on a thousand passes and still only had six shots on target and one goal. So like Joe mentioned in her three, three talking points from the match, the, the cutting edge of Barcelona is going to take time before it comes back in full force. I do think that, um, and Satine said after the match, um, that they were, you know, were faithful to the, um, I'm sorry, that wasn't Satine, that was Sergio Roberto who said that he was um, faithful to their style. He said, quote, we knew this would be a very difficult game, but we were patient until the end. They went ahead even though they barely had any chances. Uh, Break from the quote, neither did you guys. Anyways, quote, still we continued playing our game, faithful to our philosophy. And in the end, with the patience that we had, they dipped a bit in the second half and we were able to go through. We expected they would press us up high, but when we tried to come out from the deep, we took the win. I like having the ball, and this is our style, not losing the ball. And with that patience, you get more chances in space. So I would, I like what he said about with that, with the style, you get more patience, um, or with patience, you get more chances in space. Excuse me. So I think that as a Barcelona fan base, patience is also going to have to be exercised in how we how we look at the style that Satine is implementing into the club. And so as as the matches go on and as they find um, find a replacement for Luis Suarez up top, um, the goalkeeping situation is a bit interesting because Nato got hurt in that match as well. Um, but Satine's quotes after the match were a bit interesting as well. He said, quote, I didn't like the team in the first half, but I understand the difficulties these games present with the artificial grass and against a really intense and aggressive team that was very good at the back. I would have liked to have been more precise, but it will do us good because we can draw conclusions for the future from these games. When you do things poorly, you can improve on them. He's not wrong. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Barcelona's offensive precision and the striker search after a short break. Alrighty, and we're back. So, kind of a quick transfer roundup or rumor roundup, I should say. So, I think the most realistic, um, the most realistic chance is for for a striker, I should say, are probably Rodrigo from Valencia or something on the line of AS Monaco's uh, Ben Yedder. The, the names that are floating around as a more long-term solution is players like Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, Timu Warner, even a, a Harry Kane sighting. Um, but those don't seem like they're going to happen until the summer if any of those were to happen. So for the, for the short term, it does seem like Rodrigo is probably going to be like the main target. That's the player I've seen. Um, that's the player I've seen put forward the most. The other one is um, Loren Moron is another player for Real Betis. That is, I the rumor was about a loan deal, um, and then their manager came out and said like, no, 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 this is I don't know anything about this, which you know you never actually know. So I'm more interested in the long term ramifications for Barcelona striker search, right? Like the the Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and the Harry Kane rumors are the most interesting to me for, for obvious reasons, right? They're the, they're the big names on this list. So Harry Kane is a player that has been considerably linked to Barcelona for years. Um, it doesn't seem like that's realistic to me. Like I'm not breaking news by saying that. Right? Like he's going to cost probably like 150 million euro or above. And Barcelona are still apparently super interested in Neymar 
And so I I don't know. It, it's like something has to give. Either they're going to get a striker that isn't necessarily up to the caliber of a Harry Kane or, or an Aubameyang, or they're just going to go with Neymar and then kind of try to patchwork the striker position with a Griezmann slash, you know, Suarez slash third player combo. Um, as someone who sighs every time another Neymar rumor come acro- comes across the news desk, I would hope that Neymar just doesn't come and that Barcelona are able to focus on signing a striker, the likes of a Harry Kane or an Aubameyang or even a, a Timo Warner, preferably, for just for the age factor. Um, Aubameyang is... I just don't see Arsenal selling him. I, I, I don't know why they would. Um unless they could make a massive profit on it because Barcelona are so desperate or something like that. But it just seems like sort of a strange move for Arsenal or Tottenham to sell their, to sell their star strikers, even in the summer, unless they have some sort of viable replacement. Although Tottenham does tends to sell players at their peak when they can make the most money off of them. Excuse me. Um, other bits of news from a Barcelona perspective are obviously they're advancing in the Copa del Rey. Uh, there's a report that uh, Leipzig beat Barcelona in the race for Danny Almo's signature. Um, Luis has a piece on the site about that. The, the NATO sprained ankle. So this, is, um, this isn't going to be good. So he had a left ankle sprain. And he had to, you know, get some treatment at the start of the second half. Ter Stegen looked like he was going to come on. And then uh, NATO continued to see out the game. So Ter Stegen, the timing is kind of nice because he's apparently going to return for the weekend match at Valencia. And then Pena is probably going to be the backup. So heading into that Valencia match, you would hope that, you know, that Ter Stegen's not being rushed back at all and that he is, uh, that he's indeed able to perform at the high level because you don't want to, you don't want to full cost and perhaps extend any injury period for your top two goalkeepers. Um, yeah, so I, I guess some final thoughts on the the Granada match, which was again like a week ago, and then the, the Copa del Rey match before heading into the weekend. Um, the one thing that I have noticed is that obviously Barcelona gave up an early goal today is that when in a possession style offense, if they're going to have a, a weaker back line, and I'll be interested to see what sort of lineup Satine goes with at, um, at Valencia over the weekend, if he tends to go a more, um, more offensive midfield focused, wherein they don't have as, as strong of a back line as you would like and have a stronger midfield presence with either Sergio Roberto playing like a hybrid role and allowing Jordi Alba to get up front again. But they're just going to gonna have to start converting a lot of this possession to a more fluid and effective attack. Right now they're just holding the ball for the sake of holding the ball and that, that precision isn't really there yet. So um, you would hope to see kind of match after match some slight improvements over improvements on the side of the precision from Barcelona. And you would hope that they're able to clean up some of the defense. Maybe having more possession will allow them to get in better defensive form. So it, uh, there, there's, there's a lot to give still with the Satine era Barcelona obviously and it'll be interesting to see that tactical change kind of come in slowly match after match so hope you all enjoyed listening be sure to subscribe look forward to the match this weekend and i will talk to you all next time thank you